this is our first session now on Ephesians 1, 19-23, and we're picking up in the middle of Paul's prayer. And remember, he was praying that we would have the eyes of our heart enlightened so that we would know not only the truth, but the value, the preciousness, the beauty, the greatness of three things. One was hope, one was inheritance, and now the third one is this, that you may know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power. So immeasurable greatness of power. He wants us to have the eyes of our hearts illumined so that this greatness has an impact on us. And it has a a very specific focus that we're going to see. It is toward us who believe. Well, toward us to do what? What, to make us miracle workers or to help us be kind or what? We're going to see. Father, show us, fulfill Paul's prayer that we would have the eyes of our hearts opened, enlightened, to know the greatness of this power and how it is toward us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's coming toward us, and we'll see how in just a moment. But he's saying first, it accords with, it's according to, the power that is exerted towards us is according to the power exerted towards Christ. According to the working of the strength of his might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand. Why this threefold reference to power? Power, strength, might. Most interpreters say that the meaning of this and this and this are so similar that they can't really be given distinct meanings. And so probably what Paul's doing is simply piling up power words in order to make uh, a greater impact. He wants to use language that makes us feel this. We're supposed to have our eyes opened to know the immeasurable greatness of it, and so he piles up language. It's the power of the strength of the might of God, as if There's just no limit. Every aspect of God's power is being exerted toward us. And this power accords with his working which he worked. The working, the energy which he expended in Christ when he did two things. Raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenlies. We'll come to heavenlies in just a minute. Right hand in the heavenlies. We all know that right hand, we know it from Psalm 110, verse 1, plus numerous other passages in the New Testament. To be at God's right hand is to be at the, at the place of unique, singular authority, and honor. I say unique and singular because there's not more than one right hand. If it had said seated him in front of him, well, then you could imagine five seats. But when he says at his right hand, there's only one. And Jesus has it. The one place at God's unique honor and authority right hand 
is Jesus. And it's in the heavenlies. Why the plural? We're going to see this word used five times in Ephesians. We saw it in 1.3. We're going to see it again in 1, uh, no, 2.6 and 3.10 and 6.12. And the one in 6.12 is really revealing. Ephesians 6.12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenlies. Oh my goodness. So there are forces of evil in the heavenlies, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. I didn't think evil could get near God. Well, actually, it can't. When he says that there are spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, watch what he does back here. So Christ is seated at the right hand in the heavenlies, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. Way, 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 way above places where they could not tread. So here's my, my picture. And I have this because of chapter 2, just a few verses later, verse 2, Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. What in the world? The prince of the power of the air which I think means that Paul's conception of heavenlies is that starting with the earth here, there's the most basic atmospheric heavenly right there, and Satan is the prince of that heavenly. And then there are these dimensions of heavenlies as you approach the ultimate heavenly of God. So heavenlies probably refers to dimensions of heaven or spaces of heaven. The translation heavenly places is a paraphrase. It's just heavenlies. And I think this may come the closest to explaining what he means because it accounts for how Satan could be called the prince of the power of the air and Jesus in the heavenlies, his far above rule and authority, who are also in the heavenlies. Now, one more thing I want us to look at, and it's so absolutely stunningly relevant to understanding our position in Christ and how we got here. This immeasurable greatness of power was exerted toward us. How? It accords with the working of that power in raising Jesus from the dead and seating him. So the same power that raised Jesus and seated Jesus is being exerted toward us. What's that mean? You can see what it means when you see the parallel between these two statements. Just what? Six or seven verses later. But God being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. How much power did it take to raise dead sinners? We were dead. We had no faith. 
We had no love. We had no admiration. God was boring. God was a, a myth. Jesus simply didn't matter. What mattered was everything else in our life. And then he raised us from the dead with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenlies. Oh, my. So the heavenlies are parallel. The raising is parallel. The seating is parallel to this. He raised Christ from the dead. He seated Christ at the right hand of God in the heavenlies. So what he means here when he says this immeasurable greatness of power, what he means is that when it was exercised toward us, like it was exercised towards Jesus, he's saying it took the same power to give us a believing heart that it took to raise Jesus and seat him at the Father's right hand. This is what Paul is praying for. He's praying that you may know what it took to make you a believer. 